Soul Recovery is not just this podcast. It is a community. And each month on the first Monday, we get together on Zoom to support each other. I give a topic, then we break into small groups. It's a powerful way to be seen and witnessed and heard and supported through your own soul recovery journey. This is free to attend and open to everyone. Go to the website to register. The next one is May 6th from 6 to 7 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. Also, in June on the 8th and 9th is an in-person soul recovery retreat in Lafayette, Colorado. This is going to be a weekend of incredible transformation, learning how to use soul recovery in your life and to leave that weekend transformed. Visit the website for more about what to expect and how to register. Enjoy the episode. My name is Reverend Rachel Harrison, and this is the Recover Your Soul podcast, a spiritual path to a happy and healthy life. I started Recover Your Soul after having profound changes in my life from my recovery of alcoholism, control addiction, and codependency. I was guided to share the tools and principles of spirituality and soul recovery to help others transform their lives as mine was transformed. For us to overcome external circumstances, we must first turn the attention to ourselves, focusing on inner change. Outer positive results in our lives will follow. As a spiritual coach, I can support you on your path to make real changes that will bring you a life of peace, happiness, connection, and abundance. Visit the website recoveryoursoul.net to book coaching sessions, read the blog, listen to some of my original music, and subscribe to receive email updates. I think of Recover Your Soul as a community. Follow us on social media and join the private Facebook group to support each other and connect. For an extra episode each week and to support this podcast, become a Patreon member or subscribe on Apple Podcasts. Together, we can do the work that will recover your soul. Today is the first day of January 2021. And here we are at the beginning of a new year after a year that for so many was really a year of difficulty. And yet for some, it was a real year of growth and change and opportunity to look at themselves in a new way. And that had been my experience in 2020. But here we are on the precipice of a new year and looking forward. And I was contemplating new beginnings. And I know for me that being an alcoholic and coming to a place where I was really pressed up against a wall in my life, in my alcoholism, in my spiritual lack of connection, that I was forced to change. And what I want from Recover Your Soul is really an opportunity for us each to look at our lives in unique and different ways. And for some of us, that might be that we're pressed up against the wall from some sort of an addiction, whether it's a substance or a behavior. And some of us, we're pressed up against the wall because we're really at a place where we are stuck, where our emotional lives, our outsides are just too overwhelming. It's too much. And what I find No matter what you read, no matter what the spiritual teachings are, what I come to is the place that says we have to be pressed up to a place where we are forced to change to be willing to make that change. 
And so I have a gratitude that for me and my addiction to drinking, I didn't have to get to a place where I lost a job or spent time in jail or hurt somebody from driving drunk. I hurt myself and I hurt my family by being checked out. And I got to a place where I was checked out enough on a regular basis that I didn't even know who I was. And so as I come up to three years of recovery and sobriety from alcoholism, I realize that the tools that I've received in this last three years through metaphysics, through the 12 step programs, through readings, through self help, through new thought are really a foundation that anybody can pick up if you're ready and willing to do the changes and to do the work. So what makes transformation in our lives? What makes us have a new beginning? And generally, January 1st is the day that we all make some sort of commitment and promise to ourselves that we're going to do some sort of a change. We're going to work out more. We're going to eat better. We're going to be more balanced in our lives. We're going to do more art. We're going to do less work. We're going to do more work. We're going to do something. We set this intention for ourselves. And sometimes it follows through and sometimes it completely falls flat. I listened to a really great Hidden Brain episode recently about routines and how do we become better at routines. And what I loved about it was how it correlated with what I've been thinking in terms of resistance. My husband and I talk a lot about resistance, that you wake up in the morning and you just kind of are like, oh, you know, I don't really feel like going to work today or I don't feel like doing what I'm supposed to do. And you have this inner resistance and that resistance has a crunchiness to it. It, it has a piece of you that 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 makes you fight it. And so that resistance becomes what's holding you back. And the resistance is what keeps us from setting up better lives for ourselves. And we would do better if we ate less. We would do better if we exercised more. We would be happier if we meditated more. We would be happier if we had more creativity in our life. We would be happier. But there's something that doesn't have the self-will ability to push upon us what we are going to do for ourselves from the self-will, knowing that it's good for us. We have to hit a wall. We generally have to hit a wall and be pushed into a corner before we're willing to make those kinds of changes. And what it said on the podcast, Hidden Brain, was really about setting yourself up for success by making the least amount of resistance possible for success. But I think that there's also a large element, which is the real questions you have to ask yourself about this transition. If you're not in a place where you are 100% backed up against a wall and your husband or wife is going to leave you or you're about to lose your job or you're in some sort of financial or um, legal trouble, you might be hitting that wall for who you are in yourself with enough despair each day that you start to ask yourself the major questions. How much do you really want to change? And it can only be about yourself. Transformation and change and happiness 
doesn't come from the changes that happen outside of you. And as I've spoken about last season, we tend to really think that if everything around us would be different, if our spouse was different, if our job was different, if the people in our lives were different, that we would be happier. And we have no control to make anybody else be or do anything. So what gets you to the place where you are in such a desire for change and transformation that you are willing to look deeply at yourself? That you are willing to make those changes in your own life? Are you willing to change just a little? Or do you want to make large changes in yourself? How much do you think you really need to change? Can you be honest with yourself about your own responsibilities? About where you personally are helping to keep the ball rolling in a negative way? Are you willing to do the work? Do you have a piece of you that says, I am willing to do whatever it takes, even if it's uncomfortable, even if it's hard? Are you willing to continue to follow through with it? Are you willing to give yourself a plan? And do you have faith? Do you believe that you can change? What is your fundamental underlying belief about yourself? Do you already set yourself up for failure? Do you have it within you to desire to grow, to learn, to shift? Are you willing to look only at yourself? If you are not the solution, there cannot be a problem. And that can be a really hard pill to swallow and be willing to take a look at. I know that I've watched for myself and I've watched for so many other people in my life that it really isn't until they're backed up against that wall that they're willing to make the transformations. And as I contemplate and I look back and I reflect today, January 1st, 2021, to three years ago, just prior to my sobriety, or four years ago, or five years ago, I can hardly recognize the person who is sitting here today versus the person who was sitting here those years ago. It is so radically different the way that I act and feel. And it is only because I was willing to make changes in myself. And the world around me has not changed all that much. It's still super complicated in terms of human beings. It's incredibly complicated in terms of politics. It's incredibly complicated in terms of family. And all those things are still happening, but it's the work that I've done to change how I think and feel and believe about it that has made an improvement and a benefit in my life. And I have such gratitude for that benefit in my life because today I feel grounded. Today I sleep well. Today I feel peaceful. 
Today, I feel connected. Today, I feel happy. Today, I wake up with a gratitude and a willingness to take on the day and an excitement to actually be alive. And it's hard to admit and to be real and honest about the amount of despair that I felt. And not drinking has been part of the solution. Absolutely. I know that I could never drink again. But I think the larger solution is this spiritual progression, this guide to connecting with my higher power, this guide to letting go of my control of other people, letting go of the resentments that fostered so much pain in me and wanting people to be different. It has to start with yourself. You are the beginning of the blossoming. And I can say that as I've changed, there are changes around me because the interactions have changed. And I don't have some of the relationships that I had in the past. I don't have the job that I had in the past. I don't have some of the patterns and my habits that I had in the past. But what has grown out of the changes that I was willing to make in myself are new habits, new patterns, new friendships, a new job. And each of those has come with a little more healthiness and every day grows a little more healthiness. And I always have a desire to continue to improve how I interact with other people and how my mind works. Are we willing to look at our mistakes? Are we willing to look at how we interacted with people or how we've looked at things and really take a deep look at them and say, yes, I'm willing to do something different. The act of insanity of repeating the same action with the thinking that you're going to have different results. If you constantly are picking on somebody for how they how they are, it is not going to make them be better. It's not going to make them actually want to do better. What you're doing is you're eroding that relationship by constantly picking at somebody. And so as I've learned to back off of my nitpicking at my husband, for example, I've witnessed somebody who steps forward and is willing to do the things that used to irritate me that he didn't do in the first place. And then I've backed off of deciding that I'm going to be resentful and angry if something doesn't go the way that I wanted it to go. I can't remember if I told this story in a past episode, but I had some really great friends and um, a lesbian couple and their relationship was one of the most beautiful friendships and loving relationships I'd ever seen in my life. And I really was inspired by them. And it was a time in my life with my husband where I just could not see what was good. All I could see was what I wished was different. And my friend was in the house with me. One of them was, um, I was giving her a little tour. And as I was giving the tour, I was complaining about all the things that my, my husband doesn't, here's the clothes that I did, but he doesn't put them away. So they lay in that pile. And she said something along the lines of, 
well, why, why do you let them stay there if it bothers you so much? What if you just put them away for yourself and for the love of helping? And at that time, I was so resentful and angry that I couldn't see what she was saying. And yet today, with the changes that have happened in my life and in my heart and the way that I see things, I see what she is saying, which is I now have a desire to be of service and of help to my husband who works really hard and has worked really hard all these years. And if by doing the laundry and if it sits there for a couple of days and he hasn't put it away, is it really that hard for me to put him away? Because it's bettering for me because I like seeing the laundry put away. And for him, it shows him that I love him and that I'm willing to help him out. But it's more a shift inside of my heart that I'm not keeping track. I'm not keeping tabs on whether who unloaded the dishwasher or who went to the grocery store or who'd cleaned the toilets or who picked things up off the floor. It's more like an awareness that we are on the same team. And if there's a fumble, you pick up the ball because we're all trying to run in the same direction. And all those years, the people in my life were not on my team. I felt like we were battling each other. And now that I look at it, I realize I was the one battling. I was the one choosing to make the battle. I was the one who didn't want to be on the same team. So those looking at those aspects of myself, the willingness to really take a hard look at my imperfections and to not judge myself negatively on them and make myself bad to think that I'm horrible, but to want to do better, to be willing to say, yes, I participated in the negative side of how things were going. And how, what am I willing to do? to be a positive influence on people around me in my life. So when we're having an inner transformation, when we're looking for new beginnings, when we're backed up against the wall and we're saying, yes, I'm ready. I'm ready to, to have a spiritual awakening. I'm willing and ready to have a different life that looks and feels differently, that is healthier, happier, prosperous, and whole. What are you willing to do to get there? Most of us have thought, well, I can have a better life, but I don't want to have to give up this particular thing. And if it's an addiction, we've all done it where we've tried to modify the addiction or control the addiction and not been willing to do the complete abstinence of the addiction. But are you wanting the real change? Because if you want the real change, you're going to be willing to change. Willing to take a deep look at what you need to do to transform internally. And it means that your life can change. It means that you may lose some of those friends. You may have a different relationship with people. You may switch jobs to have a different life. But are you being tugged? Are you being pulled? Do you have some intuition, some voice that is calling to you saying that you have more to offer for yourself, that your potential is not being fulfilled, 
that who you are is better, stronger, and more whole. And the life that you are living has more to offer than the life that you are living right now. When I was in my darkness, I was so full of pain. And there was not lightness that just lived in the bubbling of the surface. There would be moments of joy, moments of happiness, times of relief, times of release. But it wasn't a daily activity where I felt a lightness and a peace and a calling to a better life. And I feel that now. And I feel that now because I was willing to do transformative work. So here we are, January 1st. Are you being called to do that work? Do you want to step into a new life? Are you willing to let go of the control of the outside and begin to work exclusively on the inside? Are you willing to avoid the things in your life that are not working for you anymore and begin to move towards a life that will work for you? I hope that we can spend this year continuing to look at the different tools that come from 12-step recovery, that come from spirituality, that come from positive psychology, and come from metaphysics and new thought to help us grow our spiritual journey that allow us to let go of all those things that are not serving us anymore. This is the time of year where you really have the ability to look at what's not working. Be clear about it. Write it down. Look at it deeply. Have a ceremony. Burn it. Let it go. And then be honest with yourself as you write down or have visualizations of the life that you want to lead. Do you want more love in your life? Do you want more peace in your life? Do you want more connection? Do you want a more fulfilling job? Do you want more prosperity? Who are you and what are you striving for? And are you willing and ready to take a look at who that is and begin to achieve it? I think you're worth it. And if I look at the life that I had then and the life that I have now, I will keep doing this work because it has been worth it. Until next time, namaste. Are you wondering, how do I go deeper on my path to soul recovery? Or... How do I support this great podcast? Well, here's how. Here's your call to action. If you're ready for real inner change and would like to work directly with me, visit the website and book a coaching session. I'm here to support you on your unique path. I'm here to help you let go of the past, to deepen your connection with your higher power, whatever that is for you, and to discover and then step forward into a happy and healthy life. 
You can also become part of our soul recovery community. One way is to join the support group. It's the first Monday of every month. It's by Zoom from 6 to 7 p.m. Mountain Time, and you can register on the website to get your Zoom link. Recover your souls on social media. Of course, there's Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, lots of ways to connect. And there's even a private Facebook group that will allow for more communication and conversation about soul recovery. There is also an extra bonus episode every Friday if you are an Apple Podcast subscriber or Patreon member. I'd also love all of the listeners to subscribe on the website so that I can keep you informed on what's going on with the podcast, the community, with me, and anything that's up and coming and new and great about soul recovery. Also, if you just take a little bit of time to give me five stars, a quick review, and to share the podcast with your friends and family, we're helping even more people to have soul recovery in their lives. If this podcast is providing you spiritual nourishment and inspiration, thank you, thank you for going to the website and pushing the donate button, whatever donation feels right to you. This means so much to me because I have this enormous mission of sharing soul recovery with the world and your donations, your bookings, your subscriptions, your being part of this community is helping that to happen. Together, we can do the work that will recover your soul. The Recover Your Soul podcast and its content is for educational purposes only and is not allied or representative of any organizations or religions. It's based on the opinions and experience of Reverend Rachel Harrison. Recover Your Soul claims no responsibility to any persons or entity for any liability, loss, damage, or cause alleged to be caused directly or indirectly as a result of its use. Applications or interpretations of the information represented herein. Take what you need and leave the rest.